Hey folks, Seth here. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Lion Letterman Podcast. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, I want to be sure and thank the sponsor for the month of November, and that sponsor is Arvest Bank in Gravit. You've heard me talk about Arvest Bank all month long. I've touted their professionalism, their community feel, the services, and just the overall satisfaction that I have from being a customer of Arvest Bank. And I've mentioned not only do my wife and I have our own personal checking and savings accounts, and I think our, our children's savings accounts that we have set up are at Arvest Bank as well, but I also bank there for my business, McKinsey Media LLC. That's where I opened my business checking account, and they have been nothing short of amazing to work with, helping me figure out how to get through all of the paperwork and the necessary forms that you have to have to be able to open up a checking account that is for an LLC. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I thought it was just walk in and start an account just like you normally would. There were a few extra steps there, and Arvest Bank was phenomenal to work with in that regard. So I can't recommend Arvest Bank enough. So they're the Arvest branch in Gravit. You you obviously know where it's located. It's right there on Highway 59. Can't miss it. Nice facility. You can give my friends at Arvest Bank and Gravit a phone call. If you have any questions, 787-5258. Go to the website, arvest.com, or you can just stop by and see them anytime that the lobby is open. Today, I'm giving doing this podcast on Tuesday. It's open until 5 o'clock. As a matter of fact, the lobby is open Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and then on Fridays, it's open from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m., and they also have the drive through with the same hours on the same days, but the drive through is also open on Saturdays from 8.30 to 12 o'clock noon. So thanks again to Arvest Bank Gravit for being the sponsor of all things Lion Letterman for the month of November. This is the Lion Letterman Podcast, your home for Gravit Lion Sports Talk. And now, here's your host, Seth McKenzie. All right, here we are, the first week of the 2019-2020 sports calendar at Gravit High School without any sort of football activity to really talk about. Of course, on Friday, the Lions traveled over to Pocahontas in northeast Arkansas and took on the Redskins in the first round of the 4A state playoffs and came up quite a bit short. Even though some people thought there might be some some positives to take out of that game, I mean, after all, the Lions did score four touchdowns, and and really, even though it was a kind of game where they just never really stopped Pocahontas, the boys did go out, and I think you know it it, it was obvious that they competed, they were prepared to do what they needed to do. Uh, unfortunately, again, just like in every loss that the Lions suffered in 2019, it was just kind of chalked up to not having the depth and not having really, in my opinion, the overall consistent line play on both sides of the football, both offensive and defensive, that they needed to be a successful team and to be able to have a chance to beat teams who are more competitive, have a little bit more talent. And that's just the breaks. We've mentioned that a few times throughout the course of this season. The Lions were going to be battling those depth issues unfortunate injuries that took place over the course of the season, uh, guys who got nicked up and, and beat up and bruised up. That's part of the game. Um, but this year it was the part of the game that the Lions could not afford. Um, and they had it. I mean, the last couple of weeks, the Lions were a pretty beat up team and, and sort of a shell of themselves. Again, I don't necessarily think that that would have made any difference in the games that they lost. 
the last parts of the year, uh, shallow Christian gentry or to Pocahontas. Um, but really, after having what appeared to be so much positive to talk about, the football team ended the year losing three straight games and really not even being in any of those games. And that's unfortunate because I think it takes some of the shine off of what was a year that has a lot of positive takeaways. I'll talk about that in a second. But when you look at the games from the last three weeks, they gave up 60 points, two out of those three games, and only scored more than one touchdown in one of those three games. And of course, that was Friday against Pocahontas when the Lions lost 68 to 28. And uh, I don't have anything in front of me, but I do think that that's probably a record uh, for points allowed in a playoff game by the Gravit Football Lions. So some some negatives, yes. I mean, were there things that kind of made me go, "Dad gum, what you know this this is sort of this is bad." Of course there were, and there were moments like that throughout the course of the season. Were they moments though that were so strong that made me think that there is no hope? for things in the future? And, and the answer to that question is no. And I think that if you've listened to the podcast over the course of this season, you knew that was the answer I was going to give. I, I am still positive about the future of the program, but again, we'll talk about that in a second. Before we talk about 2020 offensive football or defensive football or whatever it is that you feel like you want to hear, uh, from a football perspective, because I know there's a lot of folks out there who they could listen to football talk all year long. It doesn't matter if the season is going. It doesn't matter if it's February. It's just the way that they're wired. I'm sort of like that. But I also like to move on to other sports as well. Tonight, tonight, Tuesday night, if you're listening to this and it's not 6 o'clock yet and you are close enough, make your way to the gym because the Lady Lions open their season hosting 7A Bentonville West. And I've talked to a lot of folks uh, who know, I think, well, they know way more about I than, than I do than about basketball. So way more than me about basketball. And they're pretty high on Coach Pittman and his Lady Lions. And I've had more than a couple of people tell me that they think that Gravit has a really good shot at winning this game tonight against a 7A team. And if you're in town and, and you've got time, go watch them play. Uh, the boys do not play tonight. It's just the girls at home. The boys are, are headed back down to Greenwood to play in that classic that they are uh, playing in. Uh, and, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at their schedule. I hadn't really glanced at the Gravit boys basketball schedule really in a, in a few weeks. And I did not remember that they were scheduled to play uh, in this classic down in, in Greenwood. And looking at really the first couple of weeks, you know, Coach Bush, I think, did a pretty good job of, of stacking up some pretty quality opponents for the basketball team. And I, I talked to him yesterday and I, I mentioned that, you know, maybe in a few more words, but he basically wrote back and he said, you know, hey, we've got to get prepared because the conference is going to be tough this year. And, you know, he feels like that these games uh, toward the front part of the schedule and really just jumping right in with both feet are going to make them better when they get into conference play. And if you are someone who is new and you're wondering about the basketball conference, it does look a bit different than football. Uh, there are teams that play up in football and then down in basketball, and that affects our conference. Uh, I know Harrison and Farmington, for example, are the two teams that play 5A football and then they're in our conference for everything else. But the Lions started off the season in Cer uh, playing Cersei, not, excuse me, not 
in Searcy, but they played at the University of Ozarks in Clarksville, and this was back on the 12th, so a week ago tonight they played Searcy down in Clarksville, and they lost by 14 points. Everyone, uh, I mentioned it, I think, on the episode last week, everyone said they thought that the Lions fought really hard. They did a good job of keeping the game close. Searcy's a bigger school, um, and then Searcy was able to pull away toward the end of the game when Gravit was having to foul to try to get extra possessions, and so they lost by 14 to Searcy. Then last night, they played Clarksville in the H.B. Stewart Classic, which again is in Greenwood, and the Lions were ahead 61-60, to and Clarksville hit a three-point basket at the buzzer to come away with the victory. So two hard-fought games for the Lions against teams that, you know, are a little bit tougher uh, competition than some of the other games, I guess, that could have been scheduled. You know, I mean, you could you could go down the list of the, on, the, on the roster and look, uh, not the roster, but you could go down the schedule and look, and, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to schedule smaller schools uh, in the area that don't play very good basketball, and Coach Bush did not do that this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this non-conference slate plays out for the Lions, uh, both for the boys and the girls. So the, the girls host Bentonville West tonight at 6 o'clock, and then also tonight uh, the boys are in Greenwood playing in the Classic against the host team, the Greenwood Bulldogs. So I will try and do my best to keep you updated on the scores of the evening as I get them. So again, a lot going on with basketball. If you're someone who is familiar with the way that high school basketball works, there are games all the time. So in these next few weeks, uh, up until the 30th, I will try and keep you posted as much as possible about the games that are coming up as well as the results. But I know that there's a lot of excitement around both the boys and the girls programs, and I hope that you are going to be able to plan on going and watching them play. Now let's talk about the end of the football season. Everyone you know, knows that the season is over. The Lions finished four and seven. And I talked about this on Friday's episode when I said, hey, can you say that this season was a success? And I believe that the answer is a resounding yes. And I say that because when you take the state of the program from 2018 and the attitude around football and gravity, not only just in the school, but also in the community, and you took that and you put it into the August, go back to August, you take that attitude and that feeling and that just general environment around the football program and you put it in August and if you would have said, hey, the Lions are going to win four games and they're going to be pretty fun to watch several times throughout the course of the season and they're going to qualify for the playoffs, there's not a single person that would have not taken that. Meaning, you know, when they say this is what's going to happen and they would have told you exactly what ended up happening, people would have been excited. So when folks are a little disappointed about the four and seven finish and about the way that the season ended, you know, a 40 point loss in the playoffs. Sure. It's okay to be disappointed about those things. And I'm pretty sure that coach Kelby Bohannon and the rest of the staff and the seniors and the other folks on the team would tell you, Hey, we're not satisfied with the way that that ended either. We're not satisfied with losing seven games, only winning four. But if I would have said, Hey, in, in August, Hey, we're going to go four and seven. We're going to beat Lincoln. Uh, at home, uh, we're going to be competitive in some games. We're going to be pretty fun to watch, and we're going to go to the playoffs. There's not a single person in town that would not have accepted that and been excited about it 
and said, hey, then that is the mark of a fairly successful season after the way that 2018 went down. I, I don't think there's any denying that. That's just my take. I, I don't think I'm too far off base saying that. I think a lot of people would agree with me, but that's where I am. And that brings me to a question that I was asked, not just over the weekend and not just last week, but it really kind of started happening about the midway point of the season when the Lions had beaten Jay, kind of surprisingly, at least by the, the margin of victory, and then beat Lincoln. People were started to, starting to kind of come around a little bit more and get more excited. And then the two games against Prairie Grove and P. Ridge took place, and there was really no, comp- you know, no competition on the side of Gravit. They, they were blown out. But then the games, they, they beat Berryville, then they beat Green Forest, and, and people started kind of asking, okay, what is the next step for Gravit football? What does Gravit football have to do to take the next step? And that's kind of the version of the question that I want to dwell on here. So what does Gravit football have to do to take the next step? Well, I can tell you that they've already taken about a third of that step. And I say that, this is, this is why I say that. There are more boys excited about playing football. They added guys to the roster as the season went along, Right. Starting out the year with less than 30 players at a school the size of Gravit is is embarrassing, and there's no other way around that. There's nothing else I can say other than as a Gravit alum and as a former football player myself at Gravit and as a former football coach at Gravit, that was embarrassing to be able to look at the roster and say, my goodness, they barely have enough to have a team. They don't have enough to have scrimmages against each other in practice. And then when people would talk to me from other towns that were either still coaches or guys that I used to coach against and things like that, it was embarrassing to say, Gravit's got 27 kids out. I didn't, it was hard to get out of your mouth. It made you want to vomit when you said it, but that was the reality. So a part of that third of a step forward is the fact that there are more kids that came out for the team throughout the course of the year. And I tip my cap to Coach Bohannon and the athletic department and the rest of the coaches on the staff for basically saying, hey, this is a situation that we're in. We really can't tell kids that they can't come out for the team if they miss summer workouts. We just need bodies. We need guys to come out and play and get participation numbers up. And they have done that. Now, it's important that they keep that momentum going in that regard. I believe that Gravit is the kind of team, it's the size of school. Again, remember, Gravit is not this tiny little spot in the road anymore in terms of the school size. When I was a kid, Gravit was one of the smaller uh, schools in what was class 2A at the time. Now, again, there were not as many uh, conference, I'm sorry, not conferences, not as many classifications as there are now. So there were more teams to, to be stacked up against. But Gravit was toward the bottom in terms of size. That's not that way anymore. Gravity is one of the largest 4A schools in the state, and I've said this before on this podcast, and I'm going to say it again one more time. It may, well, it may not be the last time, but I'm going to say it now. A team should have, ready, the same amount of players. If they take the amount of players on a team in the classification and multiply by 10, all right? So Gravit's 4A, 4 times 10 is 40 plus 10. 50. That's a good number. So Gravit should have 50 players, roughly, give or take a few, every season to start the year. It's a good number to have, right? 
I don't think it's realistic to think that Gravit should have 70, 75 kids out for football every year. It's just not the way that it goes anymore. Um, but I do think 50 players every year from 10th grade to 12th grade is a very reasonable number to shoot for. And I think that they're starting to take the steps toward that. Okay, so that's a part of that small step that they've taken. The other piece is winning some football games. They won four games. And they won four games that were, you know, fairly exciting to watch and and showcased some of the talent that Gravit will have coming back in 2020. And I think that that should make not only the coaches excited and the players excited, but the community, right? Fans, parents, the student body. So I think when you look at those pieces, Gravit has taken some of that step to get to whatever the next level is. And I'm going to talk more about what I think the next level is for Gravit football and also just the, the sports in general, the athletic department in general, really probably in a more of a two-part piece next week, right? I told you the last day for the Letter- Lion Letterman podcast or Lion Letterman really in general is going to be November the 30th, but I will still have a way to post podcast to SoundCloud even if I don't get the last one I want up until after the 30th. But I think that there are a lot of things that you can get into when you start talking about what can Gravit do to really kind of burst through whatever the ceiling is that it feels like they've kind of bumped up against the last few years. We were close, football-wise, really, um, a few years back when you look at the run that the Lions had on the football field. Uh, You can't deny the fact that there for a little while – for the better part of a decade, Gravit was one of the better programs in the state in Class 4A. Had the playoff victories to prove it, had the players to prove it, had the All-State nominations to prove it, and that's just the way that uh, that went. But as I've mentioned before, when you're dealing with a public school in a smaller town, talent sometimes goes in cycles, and sometimes that talent belongs in one sport, sometimes it belongs in two sports, and sometimes it goes all the way across the board, right? Sometimes you've got guys that play all three big sports. They play football, basketball, and baseball, and they're really good athletes, and they have really good success at football. They do the same at basketball, and then they go out on baseball, and they win games. You've kind of seen that from the Lady Lions perspective the last few years. There's quite a bit of talent on the girls' side of the aisle. Softball's enjoyed a, a tremendous amount of success. Uh, basketball has been, has been pretty darn solid from the girls' side the last few years. So it just kind of goes in these waves, and, and that's normal. And I think when you look back over the years, there are very few schools that have just consistently ran through things and won a lot of games and consistently competed for state championships. I still think there's things that those towns and schools do that are a little goofy. They skate around the rules just a little bit. I could, I could mention them, but I don't have to. You can sit down and, and go through your mind or go through the newspaper and you can see those towns, right? Those schools that are always good, no matter what they might have one or two down years, but their down year might be win six games. Oh, poor them. But that that's the way it's been at gravity, right? There's five, six, seven years of, of pretty good stuff and three to five to maybe hopefully not more than that of kind of down, kind of lean. And that's where they, that's where they have been. That's where they've been. And again, was this year a overwhelming success? Absolutely not. Was it successful, though? Yes. In terms of the things that Gravit had needed from a football perspective, 
I think they got. All right? Now, losing the last three games of the season and losing them the way that they did was not necessarily helpful, but it was sure better than going out and going one and nine again. Because honestly, folks, in July, I was worried that's what was going to happen. But uh, Coach Bohannon and his staff were able to instill a new kind of confidence in the team, and I think they played with that. They played with a little different edge in 2019, and I think that was evident and obvious, and it should, it should make folks excited for next year. Yeah, there's, there's some guys that they have that are going to have some big shoes that, that the other guys in 2020 are going to have to replace. Chase Austin, Mason Dagley, uh, two of them that just come to my mind you know, right off the top. But for the most part, a lot of those guys are coming back. And they really only have room to improve. And so it, may, it should make you excited. It should make you happy uh, for the future of the football program. So that was one question that I've been asked. Another question that I've been asked is this. Do you think that Gravit not having an indoor practice facility is detrimental to Gravit being able to kind of reach that next level? And the answer to that question is yes, but it's not as easy as it sounds. You can't just go out and build one, right? You just can't. Money's involved, and there's other projects that take precedence because that's the way that it, it's gone, right? You kind of take things in waves and phases. There was the high school, and then the stadium was built, and then the, football, or the baseball softball fields, um, the bus barn. Now the basketball arena is being built. So my question then is, so, so what should be next? Should it be an indoor facility? And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I knew we were going to go here, and I knew Seth was going to say that we needed that. Well, it's, it's not because I'm, a, I'm just doing this all because I love football. I'm, a, lots of sports could use that, right? I mean, a lot of sports could use it. Baseball and softball could use it. Obviously, football, right? If there's a weight facility in there, I mean, other sports could come in there and use it. If basketball wanted to go out and do some, some turf runs or whatever, you know, do some things where they could – throw medicine balls on a softer surface than the hardwood floor or whatever, why wouldn't they be able to use it? Volleyball, multi-purpose facility, right? Not just a football indoor. It's a multi-purpose facility. Why do I think that this would be beneficial and why do I think that not having one is slightly detrimental? Because there are days, and there have been days in the last couple of years, when the weather was not, not very good and they couldn't practice outside and they had a game to prepare for and they either had to go into one of the gyms that had availability or they didn't practice. While if they were playing someone like P. Ridge or I think Gentry has one, right? Then that team that they were playing got to go in and take reps, like live reps and have real practice and the Lions did not. And so that's not the fault of anybody necessarily in the district. I'm not saying that that's the case because you just heard me say that money is involved. When money is involved, you have to be more cautious. You have to be more careful. You have to show from a district's perspective that you're being good stewards of taxpayer dollars. That's the way public schools work, right? So it would have to be something that is planned out and calculated and careful. Um, I, I, I wish Gravit was located in a place or had enough you know, wealthy alumni that we could all just chip in $150,000 a piece and get something like that built. But in, in terms of overall importance, I think in terms of facilities, I think that might need to be the next thing. But if that can't be the next thing, then we need to figure out how to turf the football field. That surface has never been, has never been the best. I think some of it has to do with the soil and, and all that. It's just, you know, we live in kind of a place where you know, farming in terms of like planting crops and things like that is not necessarily always, it's not, it's not great soil. It's clay 
It's it's what is it? Is it acidic? I don't know. It's got a lot of rocks. It's hard to grow stuff here. But I think if a if a indoor multi-purpose facility is not in the cards anytime in the next five to ten years, we need to figure out a way to turf the football field. It's cheaper than it used to be. I mean, it used to be over a million dollars. I think I was talking to my buddy um, at another local high school, and he said he ended up, I think, raising something like six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. And yes, that's a lot of money, and yes, it's a big number, but it's ter- it's certainly it's about half of what it was when this sort of turf first came out. And and really, guys, look, it's just again, it's hard to maintain that kind of grass surface, especially when you know you're playing games on it. And the last couple of seasons, it feels like it's just been it's wetter, rainier, sloppier, nastier, and it just deteriorates, right? So. I think those are the things that when I look at next level in terms of football program, that's what I think needs to happen because here's the deal. And people can, they can raise their eyebrows and they can say that they don't agree with me and that's okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know of at least two individual instances where a family was relocating to Northwest Arkansas and they basically were like, Hey, we don't, we have, you know, junior high, middle school age kids. They play sports. We don't want them to go to one of the bigger schools just because we want them to have more of an opportunity to play more sports and all of that. So they didn't want to go to Bentonville. They didn't want to go to Rogers. They weren't going to go to Asylum Springs. They had ruled out Gentry and Decatur. And it came down to P Ridge and Gravit, right? Dad was working in Bentonville. P Ridge and Gravit makes sense geographically. Right, depending on, I think he was probably a home office type guy or somewhere around there. Both of them, they're talking about both of these families. They both chose P Ridge. You know why they chose P Ridge? Well, because they had two boys. Both families had two boys, and they chose P Ridge because P Ridge had turf on the football field, and they had an indoor practice facility that they could utilize for track and field. They could utilize for baseball. They could utilize for football when the weather wasn't great. Those are the facts. And I had one of them tell me, Gravit's facilities are beautiful. They're beautiful. But there's something about a school when you go in, they've got turf on the football field, and they've got an indoor for different sports. And I couldn't argue with him, right? I was talking to this guy about it, and I was trying to basically plead Gravit's case without being a recruiter, because you can't do that, right? But they chose P. Ridge. So that was, that was four students, I say both families had two two boys apiece. No, one, actually, one of them had a had a daughter, but they went there because you know they knew that she played softball and she ran track and she could have a spot to work out in that indoor when the weather wasn't great. And you know what? More students equals more money for a district. They get funding for those students, and you know uh, people coming to games and people driving into town to. Uh, do shopping, go grocery shopping. Maybe, maybe they buy a house and grab it. I, I don't know. But those things all start to add up over time. And when people say, well, you're silly, that doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? That's why. That's part of the reason why. And honestly, if, you know, I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago and they were thinking about moving up from the River Valley. They've got little kids, young kids, not in high school, not in middle school. And they basically said, hey, if I moved up there right now, I would move to one of two smaller towns. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm thinking, all right, cool, grab it. And he's like, nah, man, P. Ridden or Farmington. Ugh, pull the knife out of my heart. But that's the way it goes. Those, that's, those are the breaks. So we'll, we'll get into more of that 
I have I have plenty more on deck to talk about facilities, to talk about future. And again, again, I, some of it might be, and I'll even preface this with saying, hey, some of it's like unicorns, right? Some of it is is just ideal world. If you could have, if money wasn't an, uh, uh, an obstacle, what would you build? What would you do? How would it look? If you could add sports, what would you do? Which sports would it be and why? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And if you want to send me your thoughts on it, if you want to send me your questions on it, your, your comments, your opinions, whatever. Hey, send, send me an email, Seth at McKenzieSportsReport.com. That's Seth at M-C-K-I-N-Z-I-E SportsReport.com. I won't say a word about who you are. I'll keep you anonymous. So feel free to hammer away with whatever it is that your thoughts and opinions might be on the subject of facilities, the subject of the future, how, to, how does Gravit Athletics get to the next level. And again, not just necessarily talking about football, I'm talking about all of it. I want to see all things succeed and be, you know, have every opportunity for these young people to compete for championships. So what do you think is needed in order for that to happen? Feel free to shoot me an email or you can send me a DM on Facebook or Twitter. And again, guarantee anonymity. I will not reveal your identity. So that's kind of where I'm going these last couple of weeks. You know, obviously I will uh, update you on the scores of the basketball games and give some updates as those go along. I want to make sure that uh, give them plenty of coverage these last few days as Lion Letterman heads off into the sunset. But thanks for listening. Be sure to get your comments and questions in in the next couple of days, and I'll start to address those as we go through things. And um, again, if you're somebody who's listened for a long time, thanks again for your loyalty. Thanks for telling folks about uh, the production, the podcast, the operations, the sites, everything. Uh, I can't, can't tell you thank you enough. But until we talk again, Start thinking about some of the things you want to know about. Start thinking about some of the things you want to get off your chest, and let's talk about them. You've been listening to the Lion Letterman Podcast with your host, Seth McKenzie. Connect on Facebook. Search Lion Letterman.